This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. And welcome in. It's another edition of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Be sure to follow the podcast inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's when you'll get the newest episodes delivered right to you, right there in your Odyssey app, where you can listen worldwide, wherever you are, and whatever you may be up to. Wherever you get your podcast, be sure to subscribe. Leave a rating and review. We appreciate it, as always. I'm Chris Mack, a 93.7 The Fan and The Fan Morning Show in Pittsburgh. Jackie Redman of NHL Network later, Bob Pompiani of KDKA-TV. But as we like to do a couple times a week, we bring our man Tango to the table, former Penguin Eric Tangrady. Follow him on Twitter, at ETangrady. Tango, how we doing? And uh, what do we make of this team, man? I don't know. It's up and down. It's back and forth. Thought we had a pretty good weekend against a couple of Metro Division opponents, looking pretty good in a win against the Rangers. And yet, here we go, another blown lead against the team they're not as, uh, that isn't as good as them. Chris Tank saying they let their foot off the gas, didn't have the same urgency as Montreal. Jason Zucker, who's been arguably the best player on this team, not named Sidney Crosby over the last month and a half, saying they don't have any answers for this thing. So what's... What's your answer? What do we do? I, I feel like we've beat around it constantly for the last month and a half. How do we get this team to put forth a full 60-minute effort? Yeah. Um, first off, thanks for having me. got some some, some heavy hitters on the show today. I, I guess it's, I'm a good little warm-up before we get pumped. And, uh, oh, you're exactly. off my lead-off, man. you got to set the stage. you got to get us moving yeah, in fair. the right direction. No, it's fair. It's great. But no um, – yeah, it seems again like it's a couple feet, you know, one foot forward, two steps back type of thing. I mean, they had a great week. Um, obviously, the, to me, the Islanders game was was, was a real gut wrenching loss in the sense of like total control of the hockey game until they didn't. Um, big overtime win against the Rangers, and then that game yesterday. I, I'm wondering if it like if they're still in this mode where like they just assume that they're in the playoffs. They have so much pedigree, so many guys have been there. There really hasn't ever been that fear of like, oh man, like we might miss the playoffs because they've right. always just made it. So uh, I'm curious to see. Like I, I just don't see that enough consistent desperation hockey. Like of course I'm sure that game against New York against the Rangers in New York they'll probably play their best game of the year because they just took one on the chin at home. But it's like we're you're running out of days in the season. You're running out of time. Obviously the Islanders gave them a break uh, last last night by losing as well. Um, 
maybe I'm, did I read that right? They did lose. Yeah. 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 So like we, you need to be a, as a team pushing for the playoffs. So you need to create your own destiny. You don't want to look at it like, Oh, we lost, but the Islanders lost. Like, no, th- they need to be playing desperate hockey, every shift, every period stuff we've talked about uh, over and over again. I don't have the answers because it just seems like one night it's incredible. All four lines. And then last night was special teams were a wreck. Um, bottom six, a little bit of a liability, not a lot of consistency. Yeah, and, and it's it's to the point where that games in hand that we've been talking about for a while is starting to be frittered away too, right? Like they've only got two games in hand now against the Islanders. Those games, as we've said over and over, don't really matter unless you win them. Uh, they don't have any games in hand against, for example, the team they're chasing in the Rangers. They're eight points back of them now. Or a team that's chasing them in the Panthers, for example, who are ninth in the conference and only five points behind them. So well, I, I, you're right. We, we don't have the answers to how for, they, they need to create the urgency. But the one thing I do get a sense of, and it's one thing coaches do all the time, right, in the middle of a game to, to create some urgency, is yank the goaltender. Had to do it for a third time in Tristan Jari's half-dozen games back uh, against Montreal. So my question to you is, does it make sense going into New York on Thursday to roll with the Smith instead of Tristan Jari, or is that something that you can't get to yet? No, I, I think you have to. I, I think it's 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 the season's on the line. I mean, the, the days are dwindling. Mm-hmm. Like every game is the most important game of the season. I understand that the, the process of like we have to get Jari acclimated, you know, acclimated after after his injury. See if we can get the best out of him in a short time, so we can have that one-two punch. Um, especially with the schedule coming up, but you, you have to ride who um, has been the most consistent, which is not necessarily consistent, but of the two, I think you have to ride the Smith. And obviously a lot of that's going to depend on the outcome. I, I would assume he gets to start uh, on, on Thursday and then see how that goes going into Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I, I would even consider playing them both uh, to your point. If he plays well Thursday night and you get a win against the Rangers and you're going to be right back there at the garden on Saturday, why not roll with the same guy? I mean, this is something they failed to really address in the off season. They brought back the Smith to back up Jari. Uh, they know what they have in Jari, or I guess they don't know what they have in Jari. That's the bigger problem here. Uh, so you're kind of stuck with what you got. The hand that you've been dealt is the one you have, so you better play it. So, I would lean Jari as well on Thursday, uh, or excuse me, the Smith on Thursday, even if that means that Jari has to sit. I, I, obviously, knocking the rust off, like we've talked about with Jari, has not worked. So you go with the hot hand at this point. Like you said, at this point in the season, you're running out of days, just 15 games left. Um, to that point, too, I think we thought maybe they overplayed their hand a little bit when they went out and got all these defensemen. But here they are now, possibly down three of them going into Thursday's game. Kulikov week to week. Uh, Jan Ruda took a pretty nasty shot on the inside of the knee. We don't know what's up with him. Petrie, we're not sure of any length of time either. So how do you build this blue line now when it looks like you may be down to just two righties and Latang and Ruedel? Everyone else is a lefty, including maybe uh, Ty Smith, if you call him up, and POJ, who continues to play somewhat erratically. Right. It's almost like just the cards you're dealt this time of year. It's unfortunate you make trades. That stuff is a little unlucky. Hardest part for me watching last night's game was like, how good did Matheson look? <laughs> like, yeah. Not to go back oh. and like and try to play uh, armchair GM again, but there's another guy that, you know, we see the McCann and then we see Matheson. It's like, man, like that would have been a young, if only. young guy. Yeah. If only we just, you know, 
kept our kept, kept what we had a little bit moving forward. But that's all kind of water over the bridge at this point. But yeah, I, I think you just need somebody to step up. I mean, look, you're going to get massive minutes out of that top three, top four, and somebody just has to step in and be willing to just eat pucks, block shots, and keep things simple. But that's what happens this type of, this time of year, and uh, it, it kind of goes back to as an organization, obviously not having first round picks, not having top. 15 picks like they just don't have a very strong system right now there's nobody really in the minors that is like pushing this lineup and, and, and getting i think a fan base excited for the future and that is a little bit scary when you look at just trying to get in the back door to a playoff uh a, a, a playoffs this year yeah to to that point though i think it's it's been something to see that when Mike Sullivan has leaned into some of the younger guys. You know, it took him three months to finally really commit to putting Drew O'Connor in the lineup every night. It's worked. Um, you know, now that they've got Nylander up here, it's worked. He's been one of their better players in, in the middle six, at least. Um, they're going to have to probably dip down into Wilkes for at least one, if not two guys over the next week or two because of these injuries on defense. Um, is it on Sully to to finally put a foot down and just refuse to play Jeff Carter? Or is it a, a stubborn coach with a veteran player that he's trying to give every, absolutely every last chance to? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think when when it comes to, and this is just from my own experience, if if a veteran in the coach's eyes is a tie to a younger player that hasn't proven himself, that hasn't played consistent hockey in big moments, a veteran's always going to get the opportunity. Um, I know that Carter's had his struggles, but in you know face-off circle, he's strong. Generally, defensively with his skating, that's where his strengths are. Now, contributing offensively, that part of his game is, is kind of faltered a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I, I I almost see it as late in the game, late in the season. They're treating this like playoffs. You got to give the veteran the opportunity to play bigger minutes in a bigger role. But I can understand both sides of the argument of like you have somebody young, fresh blood who is just out there every shift, like laying it all on the line because every day could be their last. But uh, I know that coaches, especially veteran coaches, get a little bit hesitant to put a lot more trust in those guys in those these types of games. Yeah, it's tough to see. I, I, Jeff Carter's a, a really solid dude and has been great for a long time. It's tough to see him out there struggling with the minutes that he's been given and being put out there on the ice in important situations and still not coming through. A minus four um, last night, which is uh, when you when you when you're losing to Montreal and struggling against Columbus and the the, the teams of that ilk, um, it's tough, especially when you see young guys come in and have a positive impact. On the lineup. So before I let you run, I got a. It's free agency season in the NFL, right? And you're a football fan. You, you grew up out on the other side of PA as a, as an Eagles fan. So you, 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 I mean, your your favorite team and you're a Steelers fan now. I know um, your favorite teams are dealing with free agency. Everybody's favorite team is. But do you have any? As we go for two with Tango, any crazy free agency stories from the NFL? Like July first in the NHL is the day, right? Where 
I don't know, maybe you're talking to a buddy and he says, my gosh, you wouldn't believe what my agent's telling me or, oh, I'm out on the golf course and all of a sudden I got a call from this guy. Would you believe this team wants me? Or, you know, what's it like when you, you, you get an opportunity to go overseas and you don't know anything about a team, but they're offering you money to go keep playing the game uh, for just a couple of minutes. Any crazy stories that surround free agency in Eric Tangrady's world? Yeah, so um, I'll probably not give the name, but I went to uh, <laughs> my brother-in-law had his bachelor party in Las Vegas. Um, a couple NHL buddies of mine who are mutual friends with my brother-in-law um, were on a bachelor party. We're in Las Vegas and we're at a nightclub. And this buddy of mine who plays in the NHL is coming off his entry-level contract and he got a text message that he just got um a five-year deal for just right around $30 million on the dance floor at the nightclub. No. Um, so at that point, we're going absolutely crazy. And he <laughs> bottle service that, for everybody. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. He said, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. If the deal's done, um, let's have ourselves a time. He goes to buy pay for all these bottles. Um, his credit card gets declined. Because at that point, he was on an entry level, didn't wasn't really making like the big money yet, even though he yeah. was signing the papers. Um, so the credit card gets declined and, uh, of course, uh, you know, I had to scoop the tab up, paid me back for everything. No, but right. it was just a really cool experience where we're just on a voucher party and most people on a voucher party, just a bunch of broke guys doing the best they can to have a good time. Right. Signs were right around 30 million. I got the bill. Everyone card declined. <laughs> oh, that's classic. So, yeah, and then really, you're taking really out cool. loans from your buddies for the rest of the weekend, <laughs> yeah. even right. though you got right. a fat contract coming. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. I know you got stuff going on, uh, so I'm going to let you bounce. Uh, we'll catch up later in the week, hopefully, and uh, see if this team starts to point themselves in the right direction just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that game against Montreal, you can look at it today like it's not the end of the world because the Islanders lost, but take a look at their schedule next week. Back to back Colorado, Dallas, like those yeah. will be two points. Uh, as a fan base that you'll be sitting there saying, oh, man, why do we let those slide when we're going into Colorado, fly through the night, and then go play against Dallas back to back. That's that's gonna be it's gonna be a scary uh, week. Obviously, you can't overlook the Rangers back to back games there, statement games in MSG. But uh, yeah, the schedule does not look very nice for the next ten days. Seven all, games in uh, six sudden, games in ten days. Yeah, all of a sudden, even a game against Ottawa looks important with the way with the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. It's nuts. Everything takes on magnified meaning with fifteen games left. Tango, appreciate the time today, man. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Chris. Talk soon. Eight points behind the Rangers, uh, just five points ahead of the Panthers. As you heard me mention to Eric earlier, it's tough because those games in hand are evaporating, and yet here the Penguins remain right there in the thick of the wild card race. Two games in hand still against the Islanders, I guess, for what that counts, but you're only two points ahead of them. I don't know how much damage you're going to do with those games in hand. If you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing the air quotes with my fingers, and of course, that's where you can get the show, as well as inside your Odyssey app. Odyssey colleague, uh, Boomer Esiason, wanted to have him on the show this week, right? I, I mentioned this story last week that I, I kept teasing it and teasing it. But I'll tell you the story now. I reached out to uh, a mutual friend of mine and Boomer's and asked if he could pass the message along. This is probably about a month ago, month and a half ago. Pass the message along to Boomer. Hey. I'd love to have him on the show during Penn's Rangers week, right? Because we've all been looking at these three games between the Pens and the Rangers and what it would mean for the standings and the Metro Division race and playoff positioning. He said, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll pass it along to him. 
And I'm sitting there watching um, a Penn's Islanders game one night. And I, I remember the specific moment because it made me so out of my mind, mad, but there was this scrum around the net. It was the night Matt Martin of the Islanders happened to just be taking runs at everybody in black and gold, right? I mean, absolutely everybody. And it ended up being another Islanders game where the Pens blew a lead and lost to New York when they should have won. And I just remember grabbing my phone and and I just tap out on my phone. Oh, what a surprise. Matt Martin playing like an asshole. And I said, um, it's it's YouTube and it's it's online, so I can swear now. Uh, I'm not I'm not used to being able to say those words and not get yelled at. I type that out on my Twitter and I bang hit send. And you say, oh wow, you shouldn't swear like that on Twitter. Ah, well, it's Twitter and I'm mad, okay. And I don't like the way Matt Martin is playing, okay. The way Matt Martin was playing that night was typical of the way Matt Martin and the Islanders have played against the Penguins for years. Just a, a lack of respect, especially toward the superstars. So I tap that out. Oh, what a surprise. Matt Martin playing like an a-hole. And uh, a couple days later, not even thinking of any of the connections here, I circle back around to the mutual friend in New York uh, between Boomer Esiason and I. Boomer, a huge Rangers fan. But uh, I reach back out to our mutual friend and I say, hey, did you get a chance to ask Boomer about coming on Fifth Avenue Faceoff? And he says, yeah. Um, I think calling his son-in-law an asshole probably took care of that. And it hit me. Oh, yeah. Matt Martin from the Islanders is married to Boomer's daughter. Oops. But here's the deal. That's how Matt Martin makes his money, Boom. Come what are we doing? How are you getting how are you getting annoyed at that? I mean, the timing on my part, admittedly a little less than perfect that maybe a day or two after I had reached out to Boomer to try and get him on the show. I tap out a tweet calling his son-in-law an asshole. Uh, Actually, I didn't call him that. I didn't call him an a-hole. I said he was playing like an a-hole, which is an important distinction I was taught by an old boss a long time ago. Anyway, point remains. Boomer, would still love to have you on the show if this message somehow gets to you. You're probably not interested, and that's fine. But I did not call, technically, I did not call your son-in-law, Matt Martin, an asshole. I technically said he played like one, which is his, it's in his job description. That's the way he plays the game. He's proud of it. The Islanders and their fans are proud of it. You should be proud of it too. I imagine your daughter may be proud of her husband for the way he plays the game because his teammates rally around it. So keep that in mind. If you'd ever like to see fit to forgiving me for saying your son-in-law plays hockey like an expletive deleted, um, that's what he's supposed to do. Oh, well. Mm. We will have, later in the week, Sean Marash from the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio, another noted New York Rangers fan, and we have a bet with each other uh, as we do a BetQL show together, uh, a bet that I am currently currently winning. Uh, with two games left in this season series between the Pens and the Rangers. But we'll talk to Mraz, as he's known, uh, Sean Marash of CBS Sports Radio later in the week about that bet and this Pens-Rangers series, which, let's be honest, if you're looking for a reason the Penguins may have struggled against Montreal, at least mentally staying engaged in the game, especially after going up 2 nothing, I'm not, I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it's good. But if you're looking for an excuse, it may be, oh, we've got this Canadiens game and those guys suck. 
in between three games against the Rangers that may help decide where we end up finishing in the Metro Division standings and who we end up facing in the first round of the playoffs. Just something to consider. All right, Jackie Redmond of NHL Network going to join us in just a couple of minutes. It's Women's History Month, so I'm curious. Who was the woman that inspired young Jackie Redmond growing up in Canada or motivated her to chase down a career in sports broadcasting? Plus, we talked to her, obviously, about her thoughts on the Pens and where they're at right now. And she's friends with a famous Pittsburgher that I have to ask her about. Speaking of famous Pittsburghers, Bob Pompiani, the man, the myth, the legend himself. You know Pompin ain't easy. Bob Pompiani of KDKA-TV Channel 2 and 93.7 The Fan. He joins me next right here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.